The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What about the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, and we have a special guest, not Glenn West, not Sonny Ship. No, it's a new face, which people might be excited about. Brad Crawford, uh, one of our big SEC guys, the SEC guy for our 24-7 Sports Network. Brad, I appreciate you taking the time and what we were just joking about, a crazy news cycle here over the past 24, 48, and 72 hours. I tell you what, man, I thought my afternoon was over on Wednesday. I was heading to a restaurant with family, and my phone starts exploding. Have you seen the news? So I get on the X, and yeah, the GOAT has retired, which changes the game in 2024 for you know our, our top-rated coaches, how the SEC will be won. Just, just so many domino effects yet to play out with uh, this Nick Saban news. And look, we talk about it uh, later on in the show here, how it affects LSU. Obviously, LSU fans, you know, some mixed emotions. Some people uh, reminiscing on that 2003 team that uh, Nick Saban obviously played a big part in. And then others kind of glad to see uh, him not roaming the sidelines for that big LSU-Alabama matchup for years to come. We'll get into that a little bit more in today's episode. But really, Brad, what, what we wanted to talk about was, you know, you just wrote a piece and, uh, you know, our fans really enjoyed it, uh, kind of about Brian Kelly's relentless pursuit uh, yeah. to really kind of, upgrade a staff that look has won back-to-back you know double-digit win seasons uh but you know he, he knew there needed to be more your thoughts on kelly's relentless pursuit to be able to poach two of the top defensive coaches not only just in the sec but in the country in bo davis and blake baker yeah there's not many head coaches with the gall to pull the plug on an entire defensive staff after a 10-win season and go big game hunting for others which is exactly what brian kelly did he swiped two of the now SEC's best coaches in Blake Baker, the Mizzou defensive coordinator, and then Bo Davis, who's been instrumental in Steve Sarkeesian's success at Texas to coach the defensive line. This, this shows to me beyond a shadow of a doubt in my mind that Brian Kelly still expects to not just win in Baton Rouge, but win big these next few years. The Saban news even increases that likelihood. This should also put, you know, 
to bed any of those ridiculous rumors about Brian Kelly having his eye on Michigan if Jim Harbaugh leaves. Look, that job's going to Sharon Moore. I think Brian Kelly's going to be in LSU for the foreseeable future, and and he certainly has a title to win there. I mean, that, I saw a Texas fan yesterday on social media um, respond to my article on Brian Kelly saying, you know, LSU overspent on, on Bo Davis. Meanwhile, everyone I've spoken to associated with the Longhorns today said that Bo Davis was the single most important assistant that Steve Sarkeesian's had these last three years. Why did Texas make the playoff this season? Just because the Horns were, you know, dominant stopping the run and rushing the passer. Two things you have to be to be an elite program. Obviously, LSU is coming off a, a defensive effort in 20, you know, 23 that, look, I mean, you don't have to be a fan of LSU or the, really the SEC to know that that's not their moniker. That's not what they want to put out on the field. And Brian Kelly was pretty candid, Brad. I even go back to SEC media days where he talked about, we're going to have to see. I mean, he really didn't say, hey, we're going to be good or this is going to look really, really good. Right. He said, we're going to have to see. And look, I think the media, us included down here in Baton Rouge, maybe kind of thought that, hey, they'll figure it out because of the the logo on the side of the helmet. And they never really did. So when you talk, I know you talked about Bo Davis. When you talk about Blake Baker, his background in Louisiana, obviously Louisiana Tech, and then his playing days down at Tulane, and then obviously being the linebackers coach at LSU, what does he bring to the table in terms of commanding a defense, and what should LSU fans be looking forward to and maybe an attacking style of defense that's being brought to Baton Rouge? Yeah, one quick note on Brian Kelly and you know what he said at Media Days about not exactly being ahead of schedule at LSU. I actually spoke to Brian off to the side um, after he went at the podium for about eight to ten minutes, and I asked him, do you think the infrastructure is in place to win a title in 2023? And like you said, man, he was not gung-ho about – this being a championship team. No one saw Jaden Daniels win the Heisman, but I think that he expected the defense to, you know, maybe scale back a little bit, not be historically bad the way it was, but even Brian Kelly wasn't too um, anxious to see a team that previously won the SEC West, you know, what it would do in 2023. I think now expectations have changed with Bo Davis and Blake Baker, but just some background on Baker. His defenses are all about creating havoc, lots of blitzes, pressures, believing in his corners to play man. You know, Missouri led the SEC in takeaways this season, finished third in sacks, I think third in tackles for losses as well. Blake Baker's defenses are going to give up some chunk plays in the passing game. Now, I know that's something the LSU fans might not want to hear because, you know, they, they take a lot of chances, but I think that's okay. The, the last thing Brian Kelly wants to see next season out of this defensive scheme is, you know, a bunch of guys at the back end who are unsure of themselves in coverage and mm -hmm. taking bad angles at that. And with Blake Baker this higher, I think he's going to make sure LSU is super solid at the corner and safety spots, and then he'll adjust accordingly. You're only as good as your personnel, and, and Baker seemed to really understand that and master that under Drinkwitz at, at Missouri. And, you know, he's going to have several draft picks there, and now in Baton Rouge, he's going to have even more talent to play with. Obviously, LSU trying to revamp with the portal closing, but now potential windows opening up across the country uh, with that defensive line group. When you look at this roster construction, I know you mentioned you talked to Kelly with that after he stepped off the podium in Nashville back in July. Yeah. But when you look at it now, seven months later, how do you feel about gauging? I know it's way too early, but where this roster is kind of heading into winter workouts and into spring ball. You know, it's funny. I think a lot of people look at the issued potentially at quarterback with, you know, the Heisman winner probably being a first round pick here in a few months. But 
I've got no issue with Garrett Nussmeyer. I thought he was a top 10 quarterback heading into this season, even as Jaden Daniels is backup. I had Nussmeyer in my top 10 SEC quarterback rankings, and I didn't have any other backup in college football, maybe outside of Malik Murphy at Texas, as a top 10 player in his own conference. And then what does Garrett Nussmeyer go out and do, you know, in the Outback Bowl, now known as the Reliquist Bowl, throw several touchdown passes, leads LSU to victory. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think retaining Joe Sloan, despite losing Mike Denbrock to Notre Dame, that's huge. Um, Joe Sloan is whom I consider one of the top quarterback coaches in the country, and he's going to be able to develop Nussmeyer into an all-SEC caliber player. Now, the one issue I have here is, you know, who are going to be the elite wideouts to step up at LSU? We know the Tigers can recruit well. There was some depth there, you know, behind Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr., but we're talking about two stud guys who are going to be day one, day two picks in the NFL draft, and it's hard to replicate that production. So if LSU finds a run game and, you know, has some guys step up, maybe Kyron Lacey at wideout, then that offense should should still be humming. But as you mentioned, you know, the, the biggest question, if LSU can go from a 9-10 win team to potentially 11-12 and 12 and getting that expanded playoff is, you know, how the defense is going to look and, I think it starts with the front seven. They've got some key guys back on that pass rush. And then Harold Perkins. He became yeah. the Harold Perkins we knew as a freshman during the second half of this sophomore season. And if Harold Perkins, you know, has a 10-sack, 20-tackle-for-loss season, LSU's defense should be pretty good. Yeah, and he will definitely uh, get that draft stock back up into that uh, top 32 picks uh, there next April. So, you know, you, you mentioned there kind of what LSU has going forward, and, and it begs the question of, look, Brad, I'll paint this, and then I want to get your thoughts. LSU's role in this new-look SEC. I mean, you know, I sit in the camp of, you know, before I got down here to cover the team following the SEC, you see LSU as a team that should be competing for championships. Brian Kelly has been very adamant. This is not a retirement tour for him to come down here and, you know, in the uh, in the sportsman's paradise, as he has mentioned multiple times in press conferences. Yeah. As we expand to this 12-team playoff, you know, I, I kind of sat with, before the news of Nick Saban, and maybe still with the news, there was a Tier 1 and Tier 2, and then you could keep going down to the SEC. My Tier 1 was maybe Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, with where they are, you know, financially, with roster construction, and just the momentum they have heading into 2024. I had LSU in that Tier 2. Where do you sit? Do you agree with that? Do you kind of think they can, you know, maybe are they a little bit less, a little bit more? And as Brian Kelly builds to towards 2024, I mean, what is their role in a new look SEC and in a 12-team expanded playoff? Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy. This is Sandra Herrera from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. 
We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Yeah, I think before Nick Saban's retirement, I would have had LSU in that second tier with probably Tigers leading it, and then Ole Miss and Tennessee just behind them in that in that mid-to-top tier, but not in the elite tier. Now with Saban gone, I think Alabama might drop back at least for a year or two into that uh, still solid tier, but not not one or two, and then LSU has a chance to really leap into that role. I think it's going to be very important for Brian Kelly in, in year three in Baton Rouge to start off hot in September. Like there's several winnable games, but you can't go out and lose that, you know, opening game against USC. I think that's, that's being played in Las Vegas. Lincoln Riley has a program right now, Bryce, that might take a step back in the big 10. That's a game LSU yeah. has to have. We saw the LSU lose the opener to Florida state this season which, you know, turns out that was a pretty big loss because Florida State finished 13-1. and So if you can beat USC, USC goes on to win nine or ten games, that'll be huge in this expanded playoff. But I think for the programs like the LSUs, the Penn States, you know, the, the programs that might not win 11 games a year, but you're pretty much guaranteed to win nine or ten because of talent, that's going to really help those programs make this playoff pretty much annually. And I think if I'm an LSU fan right now, that would be my expectation under Brian Kelly. Like you mentioned, too, he did not, you know, leave Notre Dame to have some couple-year swan song at LSU. He left because he hasn't won a title yet. I had him number three in my top 25 coaches entering 2024 today, just behind Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. I think he will be the next coach who hasn't won a title to finally get a ring. Might not happen in 2024, but it's going to happen soon in that expanded playoff. Yeah, I saw a list last night and a lot of different, you know, stuff coming out with the saving retirement of the number of coaches that have won a title, you know, since we went to the playoff. And it's like four or five. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you talk about Brian Kelly making that jump. And look, we've had a lot of conversation on our message boards about what should the expectation be, Brad, as we kind of close this portion of it off. I mean, if, if I'm an LSU fan and I'm sitting at home and I see 12 teams and I know that we may see some changes with the Pac 12 not being a Power Five conference anymore. LSU should be on the cusp or at least in the contention for that 12-team playoff each and every single year. And I think it's safe to say, would it be a disappointment if they're left out here in 2024 and beyond as we kind of you know make the playing field a little bit more uh, friendly to other programs with multiple losses? Yeah, especially when Brian Kelly has invested in two elite defensive coaches. Like we mentioned open the show, Blake Baker and, and Bo Davis. He's completely revitalized that defensive side of the ball, has a good signing class coming in. And, and as you mentioned, you know, I, I consider 10 to 12 programs nationally as some of the haves in college football. LSU is without a doubt one of the haves. It's a top five job whenever it comes open. I think it's what the last three head coaches, the last four head coaches have 
have won national championships there. Nick Saban, yeah. Les Miles, Ed Ogeron, and I'm projecting Brian Kelly down the road to win one. So LSU is one of the elite jobs. You know, the infrastructure is in place to win big. He has the backing of boosters, as as he told me last summer in Nashville at Media Day. So like you said, you know, if LSU finishes eight and four, nine and three this season in 2024 this fall and misses the playoff. I think that's a disastrous result, and LSU fans would not be happy. Brian Kelly would not be happy. Maybe maybe some more staff changes even would happen, but this is a team that I think does get the double-digit wins. Maybe that happens during bowl season and not during the regular season, but if you protect Garrett Nussmeyer, you, you can run the football, you find a couple elite wide receivers, and you're just a little bit better on the defensive side of the football, then, then you're going to be a good team. And the schedule, in my opinion, can, you know, set up for a decent run to this thing. And if they start off hot and, you know, start September 5-0, and they get an open week before Ole Miss. We're talking mm-hmm. about 5-0 and LSU, 5-0 and Ole Miss, you know, maybe game days in Baton Rouge for that one. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, you know, eight months out. But this is what we do this time of year. And I'm, I'm excited to see what LSU is going to bring to the table. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, you look at the schedule in that back half. Look, LSU is going to get Ole Miss at home. They're going to get Alabama at home, and they're going to get Oklahoma at home. Those kind of prime time, you know, as we look at those games here in the month of January, those obviously can change. Rosters not set. And a big reason, Brad, those rosters aren't set as we do our final topic of today's show. Everyone wants to know, how, how does LSU benefit from a savingless Bama? I mean, this is a situation where obviously the – at the forefront of fans' minds, and our message board went crazy last night, was, okay, who can we look to get off that roster? The 30-day window ha- has happened. It has occurred. Coaching, staff, I mean, all these different things. But, Brad, I've been kind of cautious into our, our followers saying, hey, I think they know who they're going to hire, and if they hire who they know they're going to hire, there may not be as much attrition as people might think. Your thoughts on this whole situation outside of moving into that potential tier one from a roster management and potentially coaching aspect, how does LSU benefit from a Nick Saban-less Alabama? Yeah, a friend of mine in Tuscaloosa takes me this morning, and he talked to a player from Alabama last night, a, a current player who listened to Nick Saban, and he said one of the three things Saban told the team yesterday was just wait it out 72 hours and don't make a rash decision. What that tells me is Greg Byrne, Nick Saban, they already know who – They think they're going to hire at Alabama. It's a matter of, you know, the guy signing the dotted line and saying yes and leaving the elite job that he's going to leave. That leads me to believe that, you know, the players like Caleb Downs, who LSU would love to have, who who wouldn't love to have a five-star freshman safety who was all SEC and made plays, Deontay Lawson. You know how good he'd be at outside linebacker in Baton Rouge? Outstanding player. And, you know, there's a few wideouts too there. Kobe Brentis, you know, some other guys. Um, Isaiah Bond that would would be stars at LSU. So there's certainly going to be some uh, LSU, you know, coaches that want it's okay to contact these players. Um, 30 day window, by the way. So when a, when a coach really, and this is an SEC to SEC possible transfer, all that's yeah. okay now that Nick Saban has retired. So LSU would would target several of these guys, but I think for the most part, Alabama is going to be able to keep this roster intact as long as you know here it is Thursday, January 11th if they name a coach by the weekend. If it starts rushing in the next week, then you're going to see guys being being tampered with and uh, already already seeking NIL offers elsewhere. But LSU will certainly be in the mix if you know some of those big-name guys actually do enter the portal. 
And then lastly, we talk about this. I just want to get your thoughts generally here because there's a lot of just college football fans that peruse 24-7 sports. Maybe they have a membership with us, but they check out a lot of different message boards. The domino effect of Nick Saban leaving Alabama, not just for LSU, but let's say, hey, it's uh, it's someone from Oregon. Let's say it's somewhere. I mean, you start to really kind of dive into this. Brad, I mean, this is something that could affect LSU, not even – you know, outrightly just with them, but potential opponents they might have in 2023 or 2024 outside of Alabama. What's the, what is, what type of domino effect are we looking at here with Nick Saban retiring? I mean, let, let's do a quick hypothetical. What, what if Lane Kiffin, the Ole Miss coach is, is the hire, you know, there at Alabama, then, then Ole Miss opens up. Ole Miss all of a sudden is not the team that everybody expects to be preseason top five. I've got the Rebels number three in my way too early poll. Like I, I'm that high on Lane Kiffin and what he's doing in Oxford. Then you've got a all-star lineup that enters the portal at Ole Miss. They're not going to stay at Ole Miss. They might stay at Bama. They're not staying at Oxford. So we could see just a chain reaction of sorts. If if Dan Lanning takes a job at Alabama, you've got Oregon opening. You know that that that's going to leave a elite coach probably leaving that job. Maybe Kalen DeBoer leaves Washington, doesn't go to the NFL, but takes the Oregon job. And then there's the rumor of Kirby Smart and the Atlanta Falcons, which I was told this morning, um, a few of my friends at the uh, AFCA coach convention in Nashville, there, there's some real buzz about Kirby Smart potentially leaving. Jim Harbaugh could leave. So wow. we, we could have three of the top five coaches in college football, not named Brian Kelly, leave the programs in you know a one or two week span, especially if Harbaugh leaves too. So it's just going to be a wild uh, rest of the month, I would think. And if, if I'm a Georgia fan right now, Michigan fan, Oregon fan, I'm I'm waiting on pins and needles. All this could be super beneficial for LSU and their title run in 2024. Yeah, we could come out of this and you know, LSU fans come out of this looking around and Brian Kelly looking around saying, Hey, where'd this coaching fraternity go that I was surrounded by? But hey, it's uh it's a wild, wacky time of the year, and we're about to just embark on probably one of the craziest Januaries and Februaries we've ever seen in this sport. But Brad, I appreciate you taking some time to hop on with us. Before we get out of here, for folks that might not be familiar with your work, they're just catching you on the pod. Where can they find what you do and uh, where can they follow you on social? Yeah, B Crawford247 on social media platform X. I've got an Instagram page pretty active. And then 24-7 Sports' homepage, man. I'm writing a ton of SEC and now Big Ten uh, content now that college football is essentially a two-league super, super sport. Yeah, absolutely crazy. LSU fans just glad to be a part of it. We appreciate you for watching and listening, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, or you're watching on the YouTube channel. Those numbers are continuing to climb. We appreciate your support. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Brad Crawford. Stay tuned. Recruiting episodes, more transfer portal talk, and more LSU coaching decisions coming over at Go 24-7. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? This is a huge night. What's the truth from you? Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.